Bridgerton. I did not like it. Not one bit. Why? It was just so, so annoying because I hate the brother. I, the girl just seems like annoying. And then the douche guy comes in. He's all like, mm, I'm not going to dance with anyone. I'm the Duke. And it's like, okay, you're going to fall in love with the annoying girl. And like, Duh. that's going to be the story. So I just can't. Did you watch just the first episode? Yeah, I don't even know if we made it through the whole thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I watched it twice and like Oh my god. <laughs> technically, um, like Jarrell, um like he watched a little bit the first time that I watched it and then a little bit the second time, so he got the full story. Um what I liked it. Um, but yeah, I mean not everything is for everybody, so No, no, it's Valid. not. Yeah. Um I've gotten into I go on these weird, like, YouTube spirals, and I, like, watch. So I've been watching, like, story time YouTubes from, like, five years ago of, like, people's worst experiences with, like, customer service. Like, them being the customer service and, like, just having crazy customers or, like, I've been watching, like, a lot of hairdresser videos of, like, talking about their crazy clients. What's your worst customer service experience? Oh, my gosh. I think this, uh, I've had plenty of bad ones. I've been a server. I've worked at um, a little kid's hairs. Oh gosh, there's too many to count. Um, <laughs> I'll say, I'll say two. Um, they'll be, I'll make them as quick as possible. So I used to work at a little kid hair cutting place. I did not cut the hair. I was like 16 years old, um, but I would like sweep up the hair, clean up the chairs, blah, 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 blah. Um, so, oh my god, this is so funny. And I just remembered one of the other people that worked there had to clean poop off the slide. Oh my god. Also, like, my third day or something, one of the kids had lice. Because they, like, told me what to do if a kid has lice. They're like, oh, it's probably not going to happen, but just in case. And, like, my third day it did. But that's not even the story. <laughs> um, that wasn't bad. I was just, like, so itchy. But you have to just, like, shut everything down. Mm -hmm. Um, so there was, like, this one really flaky stylist who, like was always late she like took so long to do haircuts they always look so bad so I always hated working with her um so it would just be me and her I had keys to the place as a 16 year old which I feel like <laughs> I shouldn't have yeah because I would show up sometimes and she wouldn't be there yet um so there was one morning where she just like straight up didn't show and so like 16 year old me is just like like what do I do like so I called the manager I was like oh my gosh she's not here I don't know what to do um she's like just call all the appointments today and cancel and then you can just go home that's fine um so I started calling but obviously the the first person who was scheduled showed up and it was like this family and I was like I'm so sorry like the stylist didn't show up I am a 16 year old girl. Like I'm not even supposed to be in here by myself. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I can reschedule. I can, you know, do this. Um, but like, she's not here. Like, I don't, 
I can't, I can't do anything. I don't cut the hair. I'm a child. Um, and they were just so rude to me. Um, and like I did my best. There was like another haircut kid place, like down the street. I think it was like a kid snips. If, is that like a national thing or was that like a local thing? I, I wouldn't know. Have you ever heard of kid snips? They just had these really annoying commercials where they were like, kid snips, kid snips, that one. So I don't, they have like chains where I live though. Anyway, (laughs) so there was a kid snips down the street and I was like, oh, there's like a kid snips down the street. Uh, Like I can give you their phone number if you want. I'm just like, I I don't know what else I can do. And they were like, yeah, we don't need their phone number. They were just like really, really mean to me, which like I understand that you're frustrated, but I'm like, hey, I showed up to work today. (laughs) Like, It's not me. And like, I'm just a child. I have no authority. I cannot like... I don't know. I understand you're mad, but, like, please don't take it out on me. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was the one. And then another, I worked at a Chinese takeout place. Um, I worked the phones. It was really fun. I got free egg rolls sometimes. Uh, (laughs) Highlight of my life. Um, So there was this one day, like, helping people out. And this, like, I don't remember if it was, like, a woman or a man. Maybe it was a couple. They came in, and they had, like, bags of food. And they just, like, slammed them down on the counter. And it smelled like trash. Like, it was disgusting. (laughs) And I was like, can I help you? And they're like, we got this Chinese food yesterday, and it was horrible. So I want a refund. I'm like, can you? And I, like, went and got my manager. And I was, like, trying to help other people, and they were just, like, standing there. My manager was busy with, like, this garbage-smelling food. Like, the whole place (laughs) smelled so bad. And I'm like, what? You just got this? I'm sure it wasn't yesterday that you got this because it smells so bad. It smells like garbage. You drove this in your car to here? And like, now you're yelling at me. I think I was 17 at the time. I just don't understand people who like yell at literal children over (laughs) customer service things. Like, I have any control over. And like, I am not rude at all. Like, Mm -hmm. I am probably like, I'm so nice in those situations, even if it's, like, I feel like I should be a little bit more assertive, but, like, especially as a child, like, I'm just so scared and nervous, and, like, I'm, like, yo, I make, like, $8 an hour, like, can can we, can we not? (laughs) Those are mine. You have had so many jobs, like, wow. I've had a lot. Yeah, I have not had seven or eight. I have not had nearly as many jobs as you, Um, but... I worked at this clothing store, um, like, when I was in high school, and it was completely unintentional. Like, I walked into somewhere, and they're like, hey, you're hired, and I was like, um, okay. Well, (laughs) like, it was very strange, and they would have me working, um, the, what's, where you change clothes? (laughs) Changing room? Yes. um, Oh, no, someone didn't poop in them, did they? No, someone like peed and like all over the clothes. Ew. And that's somehow like worse. Yeah, and I, I mean technically I guess I did I what I didn't have to deal with the customer, but like my managers and stuff were like, Yeah, you need to clean that up and I'm like over my dead body am I cleaning up cleaning up someone's urine? I'm seventeen. This is illegal. <laughs> Seriously. Um, and so I did not clean it. I just like left. <laughs> that's what, um that's, oh. Yeah, I I feel like I didn't ever 
Yeah, I haven't had too many um, like crazy experiences. I guess, again, this I don't know if it counts as customer service, but I worked at um, like a Kumon Learning Center. Um, and so I like had quote unquote students and they were like little kids. Um, and there was this one kid who he was always like kind of a mess like he but like he was like a menace like the room would be quiet and he's like off the walls like crazy um and so his mom brought him one day and they were late and so he technically shouldn't have taken them but I was like whatever I guess he needs to learn his letters today and she's like yeah I'm so sorry I'm so sorry and he comes to sit down and he has like freaking ringworms all over (gasps) his head (laughs) I I like couldn't I just I I sat there I like I said no words to him I was like I can't because part of the job is like you know helping them write and like helping them you know get a grip on things and I'm like there is a fat chance in hell that I am touching this child Uh, Um, I'm literally getting like itchy just thinking about it it was that's so gross no, I had never even seen that before in my life. And it was like all over his scalp. And, you know, he was black. So his hair was like shaved down low. And I'm like, oh, my God, like I can't do anything. Um, and so I'm going to say that was a horrifying um, experience. I, I guess it's technically a service role. So... Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pink Collar Crime, a true crime podcast focusing exclusively on crimes committed by women. I'm Rachel. And I'm Natalie. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Each week, we're going to tell you about one or two cases of crimes committed by women and discuss details, motives, similarities, and differences, etc., etc. If you like our show, tell your friends. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating and tell us what you love or don't love about the show. And give us a follow on social media at pink collar underscore pod. Getting on today's episode, Rachel guys, wait, wait, wait. had said, so- oh, wait, I guess leave us a review. Come <laughs> on. We've been stuck at 11 for so yeah. long. Please. Like it would just make my whole life and I will personally hug you once the pandemic is over. Um, Maybe not. Maybe that's like sexual harassment. Leave us a review and comment on, like, any of our social media. And, like, I don't know, maybe we'll do a raffle of, like, the people who said that they left a review. And I'll send you an art piece or something. Like, it'll be great. I I actually (laughs) was going to say, so I somehow ended up with two copies of um, Whoever Fights Monsters by Robert Ressler, which is uh, one of the guys who was the inspiration for Mindhunter. Um, So I might do, like, a giveaway of that book. And I have a stamp that says from the library of Rachel. So you get a nice little stamp. Um, Why do you have that stamp? Because my little sister got it for me for Christmas. Oh, that's sweet. Because, well, here, because she was like asking for Christmas ideas. And I was like, oh, hey, like I lend out a lot. That's how I ended up with two copies of this Robert Ressler book of like, I lend my books out a lot and I don't always get them back. So I was like, oh, like I've seen those little library kits. So maybe you could like get me one of those. And then I forgot about it, but she remembered and she got me one. It was really nice. So now I stamp all my books. That is nice. The only thing my brother ever sends me is memes. I mean, (laughs) 
Same for my brother. <laughs> I got him a burrito blanket for Christmas. It, what's a burrito I'm the blanket? One, okay, well, I guess it's like a tortilla blanket, but it's just a, like a giant tortilla shaped oh, okay. blanket. Cool. And then you wrap yourself up in it and you look like a burrito. And I'm like, I am the coolest older sister ever. Of course. I didn't get anything <laughs> from him. Um, yeah. So Rachel's the coolest older sister ever. And you guys should leave us a review and maybe we'll do a raffle or something. A giveaway. I don't not a raffle. A giveaway. Um, and yeah, you could win something. Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> um, yeah. And so Rachel chose a wonderful topic for today. Yeah, I was just like, mm, animals. That's, <laughs> that's a topic. Animals. Broad. Okay, so when I go through this case, it's a lot more about the animal than the woman. Um, but... Yeah, I don't really care. Also, technically, the woman was never charged with a crime or, I guess, committed a crime. But I say that she did commit it. (laughs) Yeah, I say she did commit a crime. She should have been charged with a crime. Um, Was she, like, sued or anything? Um, We'll get there, Rachel. Oh, I'm sorry. Stop trying to spoil my story. Stop trying to spoil my story. Well, you told me. Uh, But I will say, just in case, like... Just in case, like, anyone in, like, this person's family is, like, listening, <laughs> I am not, like, I, I guess I'm not saying that she really did commit a crime. It's my opinion that she committed a crime. So Disclaimer. you can't sue us. <laughs> we don't have any money um, anyway. What do you want? My negative thousands of dollars for my student loans? Don't no, bother. No, seriously. Um, all, by the way, President Biden, come on, take care of these loans. Like... <laughs> Um, anyway, so we didn't even talk about the anyway. Go ahead. Wait, what? I was gonna say, like, I'm surprised we didn't even. I was like, what happened this week? Oh, nothing exciting. The fucking inauguration, Bernie Mittens. Yeah, oh, yeah, Bernie was great. (laughs) We have some champagne in our fridge for this weekend to celebrate. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Um, yeah, Bernie was cool. Michelle Obama, like, ugh, I worship. Lady Gaga, j <laughs> Everyone was cool. I, ha- the only issue I had was that J-Lo sang that song because I'm like, if you're not going to sing it better than, like, they do in The Luck of the Irish, you shouldn't even try because that movie is iconic. <laughs> Isn't that a <laughs> Disney Channel movie? Yeah. <laughs> You are like you love like Disney like princess do, movies or but whatever, not don't Disney you? Channel movies. DCOMs are the best. Some of so them are okay. Whatever. The Luck of the Irish is so good. I don't so. know if I've ever seen that one. I know what you're talking what? about. With the leprechaun? What? It, uh, a kid turns into a leprechaun. Well, St. Patrick's Day is family. like basically right around the corner, so you should watch it. Um, oh, yeah. It's a good movie. It is. Again. <laughs> March, again. <laughs> All right. Um, so getting on to my case um, <clears throat> on a compound owned by Mike and Connie Braun Casey near Festus, Missouri, which sounds so festive. <laughs> what TV show has Festivus? Um, or movie. I have no idea. I'm gonna Google it. I don't know what it is. Even. I hope it's not appropriate. 
Um, while she Googles Festivus, just interrupt when you're ready. Um, a baby was born to a female named Susie. On oh, October- I guess it's, uh, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> you're fine. I guess it's Seinfeld, which I don't really know anything about Seinfeld, so I don't know why I know that. Oh, just oh, I remember. Seinfeld was so good. Um, I yeah, I, I remember. Like it. Really? I tried watching it recently with Evan, and it just gets really annoying. I don't know. <laughs> I think I watched it too late in my life. I think I, it's like you had to experience it at the time it was actually on TV. So I hated it, like, when it was on, like, I mean, I don't think I was watching it when it was on on TV, but, like, back in the day when I was a kid, I guess, I hated it. Whenever Seinfeld would come on, I'd immediately change the channel. But now, like, going back, I find it funny. I love Jason Alexander. Um, yeah, that? so. Which one is he? He's, him. like, short, like, bald. Oh, um, that guy. I freaking hate that guy. What's what? his name in the show? George Costanza? Yeah. All he does is complain. And it's hilarious. I'm a complainer, there so it's hilarious. There are such pretty women that he gets, and then all he does <laughs> is complain. That's the joke. <laughs> it's not funny to me. Um, I don't know. Well, I love him, and I also loved him in, like, Cinderella, the one with Whoopi Goldberg and Brandy. Um, really good. Everyone, you should watch it. It's on the full, the full um, version is on YouTube. Not great quality, but worth the watch. Um, anyway, so Festus, Missouri, a baby was born to a female named Susie on October 21st, 1995. Soon after birth, the baby was adopted by Sandra and Jerome Harold, who chose to name him Travis after the country singer Travis Tritt. I don't know this country singer. Um, but I'm sure he's great. Sounds so, like yeah. a generic country singer name. <laughs> Travis. <laughs> um, and so my case is about Sandra Harold. Um, and I just dropped my phone. Don't mind me. <laughs> so, yeah, my case is about Sandra Harold. Um, so, yeah, they named the baby Travis. And I know what you're, and I know what you're thinking, Travis. What a nice, normal name for a baby boy. The only thing is. Travis was not a regular baby boy. Travis was a baby boy chimpanzee. A monkey boy. (laughs) (laughs) He was a common chimpanzee, to be exact, which I fell down a rabbit hole of all sorts of different primates, um, which I, I kind of regularly do. I don't know why, but looking at different primates, like, incredibly fascinates me and freaks me out at the same time. I don't know. It is, because they look so similar to us. Yeah, I'm like, huh. You have features that I recognize. Very strange. Um, Yeah, so super, super, super scary to me. Um, So Travis the Trump, Travis the Trump, Travis the Chimp was um, raised by Sandra and her husband in Stamford, Connecticut. They love Travis so much that they take him on shopping trips. They like bring him around like the town and they even took him to work with them like at their towing company. He would sit in their car with them while they're towing cars. He would like buckle his seatbelt. He'd wear like a baseball cap and all sorts of things. And everybody knew of Travis the chimp, which not surprising because it's a town and like there's a chimp that works at a towing company (laughs) so you know that couple with that really ugly baby (laughs) (laughs) that like really hairy kid like i don't know (laughs) what's going on with that um yeah and so as a result um travis was 
very like socialized to be around people. Um, according to one of Sandra's neighbors, Travis even listened better than her own human nephews, um, <laughs> which unsurprising, like little boys, come on. Um, and so Travis was trained to dress himself, eat his meals with the family at the dinner table. He even drank wine from a wine glass, which are you allowed to give like animals alcohol? I feel like that's like not okay. Um, I wouldn't recommend it, but I'm, I know people, there are like some people like, uh, what's her name on, uh, Jessica from the pod show. Love is blind. What? Didn't she give her dog wine? I have no idea, but like I've seen people give their dogs beer before, which is disgusting. Like, don't give your dogs beer unless I guess your vet recommends it. I don't know. Um, like your dog just needs to unwind a little bit, so just <laughs> beer on the weekend. Like, try giving your dog like a massage. Ollie loves dog massages. Or like, like give your dog peanut butter or something. Dogs love peanut butter. Oh yeah, um, and celery guys believe me they do love celery. green beans and carrots <laughs> um so green beans so travis also knew how to dress himself he would feed hay to the horses that the heralds owned um he also knew how to unlock doors using a key which kind of problematic in my opinion um and he would also water the plants um, he liked to look at pictures, and so whenever he wanted to look at pictures, he'd just log onto the computer and start looking at pictures. Um, he cleaned his mouth with a water pick, um, and he would watch TV and change the channels with the remote. Um, and for some reason that I do not understand, um, Sandra and her husband even taught Travis how to drive a car, which in and of itself has to be a crime because there's no way that that chimp was licensed um, and so and so um but most importantly travis loved ice cream so he actually memorized the schedule of the ice cream trucks that would drive through the neighborhood which is impressive because like i was a pretty gifted kid and i don't remember learning the schedule of the ice cream truck i would just listen for the sound i was gonna um, say that travis sounds like he has his life together a lot more than i do <laughs> i mean kind of as a human uh, adult <laughs> you are adulting you have a you are I know doing I have a good job you have a trophy it's on my <laughs> um and so in october of 2003 Travis escaped from Sandra's car after someone walking past their car threw something into the car's open window. And so two things here. People, when you're walking, don't throw things, period. Don't throw things in people's cars. Don't throw things at people. Don't throw things at chimpanzees. Not cool. Um, I think, you know, if you do throw something at someone, you're asking to be beat up. Um, Second, if you're driving with a chimpanzee, maybe don't have the car window open. Um, anyway, so whatever the person threw hit Travis and he bolted. He unbuckled his seatbelt and chased the dude who threw whatever it was at him. Unfortunately for Travis, but fortunately for the person, Travis wasn't able to catch him. 
So while Travis was on the loose, he ended up holding up traffic for several hours until (laughs) until they were finally able to catch him. During that time, police had tried luring Travis into like the police car and they actually were successful a couple of times. But um, they either forgot or didn't know that Travis was highly trained to do average people things like open doors. And so Travis would simply just let himself out of the cop car. <laughs> you know what they should have done is brought the ice cream truck. They like, would have had no problem getting Travis. <laughs> and so um, after he would let himself out of the cop car, he would chase the cops around like the patrol car. Um, and so what a great, what a great chimp. Because of this incident, Connecticut passed a law that made it illegal for people to keep primates. So that includes monkeys, apes, chimps, etc. Um, that weighed more than 50 pounds as pets. However, for whatever reason, this law didn't go into effect for another six years. In the interim, the Connecticut Department of Environmental Protection deemed that Sandra's 200-pound chimpanzee was not a public safety risk. 200 pounds? Yes, he was a 200-pound chimpanzee. Um, And so, yeah, they deemed him not a public safety risk, even though he had just chased a civilian and officers in traffic for hours i don't if that's not a public safety risk i don't know what is um and so i guess their reasoning for it was because she had uh, by that time she had owned him for like about a decade and so they're like well he's been here for a decade no big deal like where's he gonna go what are you gonna do i mean you could give it to a zoo but you can't just like let it out into your backyard yeah i don't i don't understand like where he was um born in missouri is like i think like a chimpanzee like refuge or something so like Could've gone back there yeah um um interestingly though two years before this incident um travis's biological mother Susie also a chimp, escaped from wherever it was that she lived, and she was unfortunately shot and killed. And so chimps like to escape, guys. Um, So in 2004, Sandra lost her husband to cancer, and um, she also lost her child in a car accident. Mm. And so Travis became an even more sacred companion to her and somewhat of like a surrogate child. So she did everything that she could to pamper him and like i guess keep their bond close um so she bathed him and she even like slept with him in bed every night which i can't even like let my dog in my bed so i don't know like that's weird to me that's just shady yeah um and so in 2009 so six years after that incident of chasing police um sandra's beloved travis decided to leave the house He also decided to take Sandra's car keys with him. Sandra was unfortunately unable to get Travis back into the house. So she called her friend to help um, coax Travis back into the house. And so this friend's name was Charlotte Nash. Um, And so Charlotte and Travis actually knew each other. They both worked at the family's towing company. Um, And so to help get travis back into the house they decided to use things that travis liked and wanted to kind of like get them to get him to come to them um and so charlotte she grabbed travis's favorite toy a tickle me elmo 
And this ended up having the opposite effect than what was intended. Um, Travis became furious and enraged. He charged Sharla and he attacked her. One reason that's hypothesized for this behavior is that although he knew Sharla, that day was Travis's first time seeing her with a new hairstyle. So it's possible that like because of her hairstyle, like he didn't recognize her or something. Um, and he thought it was just like a stranger trying to steal his buddy Elmo. Aww, um, but like, I didn't know that men could recognize when women change their hair. <laughs> I don't well, I Every know. time I get a haircut, Evan's like, looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it, it looks the same as before. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good, good job being perceptive there. Um, But yeah, so like that's one hypothesis, but like also Travis is like a chimp. So who knows what he was actually thinking? It's not like you can ask him. Um, And another thing that's also, I guess, hypothesized and I bet is probably more likely like, I guess the contributing factor is that day, Sandra had given Travis tea that was laced with Xanax. And Xanax, as oh. we, like, kind of know, is used to treat anxiety. And so first, I'm like, if you know that you got to give your dog, like, not dog, if you know that you have to give your chimpanzee Xanax, like, to calm them down, like, I don't know, maybe probably not the best pet to have. Um but um so in humans xanax can actually have the like have the adverse effect of causing disinhibition disorientation hallucinations um aggression rage and mania and so again it's like hypothesized that you know travis was having some adverse reaction to the xanax um So regardless of the reason, Travis was unrelenting and ruthless during the attack. Um, He was just like truly just assaulting um, Sharla with his full strength, unfortunately, in this attack. And there was basically nothing that Sharla could do to like stop this, you know, animal, this 200 pound animal from using his full force. on her and so sandra she tried to stop him but again he was 200 pounds and she was 70 years old and so she was literally outmatched um she grabbed a shovel and she hit travis in the head with it but that didn't work and so she ran inside and grabbed a butcher knife and stabbed travis in the back with it didn't work either instead it made him angrier About stabbing him, Sandra later said, for me to do something like that, put a knife in him. It was like putting a knife in myself, which I'm like, all right, girl. Um, And after stabbing him, apparently Travis turned around and looked at Sandra. Sandra interpreted this look as, mom, what did you do? So, okay. Um, Uh, Do animals, do like, do they have like facial expressions? I think so. Oh, I feel I think like with I've never chimps, I've never seen one. They Yeah. Doesn't Ollie have facial expressions? I mean, he opens his mouth and like so I assume it's smiling. <laughs> like I don't know. Do chimps I'm pretty sure they do. I'm pretty sure there's been research done about it and that 
tells us about our expressions, you know? Mm. Oh, yeah. So chimpanzee facial expressions are highly graded singles signals varying in both form and intensity and may appear across a wide variety of social context. That's from the National Institute of Health. So I guess he did. I believe it. <laughs> but also this lady could have been interpreting a monkey face as yeah. projecting, you know, her own yeah. feelings onto this monkey. Mm-hmm. Are chimpanzees it's, monkeys? Am I? I don't know. They're, I, I feel like as humans, we kind of say monkey like in place of primate. Like we kind of refer to them all sometimes like that. At least I do. But I don't think so. I think they're separate from a monkey. <laughs> Chimpanzees are not monkeys. <laughs> I do. Ap- I apologize. For any of our chimpanzee listeners out there, she um, she didn't mean it. They turned us off like minutes ago when I said it for the first time. And I've probably said it like <laughs> four times already. <laughs> don't mind um, me. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, and so by now, the attack had gone on for some time and Sandra figured that Charlotte was actually dead. And so like it was like at this time that it finally occurred to her, I guess, to call 911. And so the operator thought that the call was a joke until Sandra started yelling. He's eating her <gasps> like WT, you know, Um and so an ambulance got there first, but for their own safety, they waited for police to arrive and subdue the animal before administering any aid to Sharla or even checking if she was alive, which I don't blame them at all. Um, and so when the cops got there, Travis beelined straight to them and he smashed one of their side view mirrors and he tried to open a, the locked passenger door. Um, but he was unable to open it and so so he just calmly walked around the car and tried to open the driver's door and so for whatever reason it just didn't occur to the officer inside of the car to lock the door and so um, Travis was able to open the door and it was at that point that the officer named Frank Chiafari Um, he shot Travis several times and Travis ran back into the house and went into his cage, um, where he was later found dead. And so poor Sharla, she was alive, but seriously injured. The EMS crew, uh, described her injuries as horrendous. Um, over the next three days, um, surgeons spent over seven hours trying to save her life and repair her injuries. Um, most of her injuries were to her head, face, and hands. Um, and so trigger warning, if you guys want to click that like 15 second, you know, whatever button. Um, Sharla had lost her hands her nose, her eyes, her lips, and some of her bone structure in her face. Um, She had also sustained severe trauma to her brain, unsurprisingly, when a chimp, a 200-pound chimp, is beating your head. Um, And so the injuries were so horrifying that the staff members treating her um, at the hospital ended up needing special counseling services brought in by the hospital just to deal and cope with the trauma of like seeing her and so um doctors fortunately saved charla but she um had very severe like deformities and um was also blind for life since she lost her eyes 
Um, and there were no charges brought against Sandra for having this animal, um, which is beyond me. Um, and so Charlotte's family sued Sandra for $50 million. And they also sued the veter- veterinarian who prescribed the Xanax. And they sued the connect- Connecticut Department of Environmental Protection for not stepping in earlier. Um, unfortunately, I guess, I don't know. Um, Charlotte's, Charlotte only ended up getting $4 million from Sandra. And that only happened after um, Sandra passed away. Um, in 2010, I think. Um, she had $4 million? I mean, probably, like, life insurance and then, like, selling off, like, her assets after oh, okay. she died. Um, and so, Charlotte also tried to stu- sue the state of Connecticut altogether. But, um, so, I guess her reasoning um, for suing was because they knew about Sanders' chimp and they and that he had previously harmful behavior and they did nothing to stop Sandra from, from owning the um, animal. But the lawsuit was unsuccessful because the law that was passed in 2013 about owning primates over 50 pounds hadn't gone into effect yet, thus meaning that Sandra had not officially broken in any laws, nor was Connecticut liable for not upholding any of those laws. Um which I find utterly silly. And so it wasn't until after um, this horrifying attack that the law actually went into effect. Um, so better than late than ever, I guess. I don't oh know. Gosh. Um, yeah. So that is the case of Sandra Harold's um, unofficial crime and the story of Travis the chimpanzee. That's a horrible story. I'm sorry that's okay i'll be okay i'll make yeah it so <laughs> definitely not cool i was gonna say so you told me earlier about you're like oh i'm doing this case about a woman who had a chimp and it reminded me my mom knew when she was like a kid in kindergarten she knew a family that had a pet monkey um and it she told me she was like it was my crush in kindergarten's family <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, because I texted her. I was like, Mom, didn't you know people that had a monkey? Like, what, what was up with that? Um, oh, my God. One sec. I just totally misinterpreted what you said, and I thought you said that the, like, animal was your mom's crush. My mom had a crush on a monkey. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, a little monkey going to school. Like a little boy. Um, yeah. <laughs> My mom had a crush. Uh, that is not no. the case. No. I understood. Okay. Boy's family had a pet monkey. Um, and I guess they ended up giving it away to the Brookfield Zoo. Um, because obviously, like, having a pet monkey is, is hard. But she was like, oh, yeah. And he used to wear a bow tie. The boy, not the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> So, shout out to my mom for that story. All right. I, like, never like being around animals. (laughs) I don't even like being around dogs that I don't know because I'm, like, I don't don't know your situation. I don't trust you. And I remember in elementary school they brought, like, a petting zoo. um, Or, I don't know, a bunch of people brought a bunch of animals and, like, goats and stuff. And I think this is where my 
or one of the reasons I had a fear of animals. My mom claims that I was attacked by a dog when I was little, but I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember my best friend in kindergarten. She's technically still my best friend now, too, but I have a lot of best friends, I guess. Um, in name only. Rachel's my best friend, guys. Um, yes. And, um, like, she, like, tried to pet a rabbit, and it, like, bit her or something and I was standing next to her and it scared the crap out of me and so I got out of there and I just like went and sat in like the fields by myself <laughs> like I was just like I want no part of this um yeah so be I there's no part of me that feels like being in close proximity to a monkey or a chimp would be fun so no no that just freaks yeah. me out that mm, if you can walk on two legs I think that's where I I'm fine with many animals, but... And you have opposable thumbs. Like, that's just scary. Although, pandas, they can, like, kind of walk on two legs. I don't want to be around a panda. I don't want to be around any kind of bear. (laughs) I saw a bear once. Really? Uh, Outside of... I mean, I've seen a lot of bears, but, like, we were hiking once in Colorado, and I saw a bear, and I was like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, that's a bear. And I was like, "Mm, I'm scared now. I went hiking with um, Emily once and like we got to a sign that was like brown bear spotted here. And I was like, oh, our hike is over. That's nice. Let's go. I'm I'm not built for this life. Um, But yeah, no, no. no, Well, Gary bites me like three times a day. So (laughs) speaking of animals that stand on two legs, have you ever seen like those videos of like those like jacked kangaroos? Yes. I saw one recently where like somebody like the kangaroo tried to steal someone's dog and so like he had the dog like around like held like around the neck and the dog's freaking out and so the owner like gets into a literal fist fight like yeah, with the kangaroo are... yeah they're no joke I'm glad I don't live in Australia <laughs> I'm glad I don't live in Australia for many reasons because kangaroos because um koala bears are actually pretty scary i don't know if you've ever seen one that's like wet or like listen to one that they're like they're scary um and they all have stds um and they have like all kinds of like giant bug snake things there so let's clarify because the way you phrase that are you saying all koalas have stds or all australians have stds no all koalas (laughs) okay it's like a problem it's a it's like a national issue there that all the koalas have stds like what kind of stds um i think it's just like herpes let's see i'm spelled it with a c koala bear std i don't even think they're really bears they're marsupials. Uh, chlamydia, a type of sexually transmitted disease also found in humans, has hit wild koalas hard, with some populations seeing a 100% infection rate. Jeez. Yeah, it's bad. Well, I guess they're having a lot of relations. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's a, I'm, I'm good. Australia, yeah. you can uh, keep your dirty bears. <laughs> So, my case. So, my story takes place in New York, New York. Picture the lush woodland in Central Park known as the Ramble. 
It occupies 38 acres of land rich with flora and fauna between 73rd and 78th streets. The Ramble serves as an escape from the concrete jungle that is New York City. There's a man-made stream that runs through the woodland and critters run all around. It's a popular area for watching birds as there's about 230 different species that live amongst the trees and the ground. Some birds live in the ground. I uh, don't want to discriminate. Like, do regular cities just have like a ton of species of animals living within the city? Because that is interesting that they have. I don't think so. Yeah. We have like parks here. That are like giant stretches of land, but there's not like woods in the middle of the city. Yeah, very interesting. I've only ever been. And in they don't have that in Chicago either. I've only ever been in um, Central Park. Is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's part of um, it. I've only been there once, and it scared the crap out of me. I was like, "We gotta get out of here!" Like, I feel like I can get lost. <laughs> I've never been, but New York City is dirty and gross, and I hate it. So, not to alienate our any of our. Uh, listeners in New York City. I'm sorry, it's wonderful. I love it. It's the best. I feel like people, who, like, you have to be a certain type of person to like New York. I'm just not tough. I'm too soft, okay? That's why I don't do well in New York. I um, I don't like being around people enough to like New York because, like, the more people that bump into me, like, while I'm oh walking, God, everywhere the more there. enraged I get. I'm like, if I had a baseball bat, like, I, I would lose it. Just kidding. I'm not a violent person, but no, is that a confession? No, I'm an I am a non-violent, like gentle person. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Anyway, um, so lots of birds. Fun fact: the ramble is uh, uh holds a high status in the gay community as it's has served as a site for men to meet up since the early 1900s throughout the 20th century. Dope. For that reason. It's an icon and remains an important part of the LGBTQ history. Um, in the article itself, it was like the website of the official New York ramble. It was like, men would meet up for homosexual encounters. <laughs> and I'm like, did we still call them that? Like, that seems a little weird. Um, Are you saying you calling, calling gay men homosexual or calling them encounters? Bold. <laughs> well, it's just like I said, meet up, hook up. You know, you you guys know what I'm they saying. They go out there and they do the deed, guys. <laughs> they do the dirty. Um, yeah, but I mean, it is an important part because for so long it was, you know, where where are gay people supposed to meet people? How are you, you know, you have to be like hidden away from society and like, so that's an important thing and um. Anyway, getting back to my story, on May 25th, 2020, so it's a pretty fresh, fresh one, guys, a man named Christian Cooper was taking a stroll through the ramble. Christian was an avid bird watcher. Um, he also happened to be black. Um, happened but to be? <laughs> happened to be. I mean, it's, you know, um, he... Random? Did you see... Was it... I, I forgot what news outlet they... Uh, were writing about why my, Don Lemon and they described him as, they were like Don Lemon who's openly black <laughs> like, <laughs> like what and then Don Lemon and um, uh, Chris Cuomo um, wait which one's the mayor or whatever of 
Cuomo is mayor? Chris, so Chris Cuomo is the news um, guy, I think. They, like, did, like, a little segment where, um, like, Don Lemon's like, Chris, I've, I've got something to tell you. And, like, Andrew's like, oh, my gosh, this sounds serious. Um, like, you know, it'll, it'll just be between you and me. And then <laughs> um, Don Lemon's like, um, I just wanted to tell you that I'm black. And, like, Chris Cuomo's, like, <gasps> openly? <laughs> um, That's too funny. But, yeah. People are there funny. There are people who are openly black guys. <laughs> okay, well, this guy, I don't know how open he was about it, but he happened to be black. Just setting, setting the stage. There was, um, you know, an incident that happened while he was at the Ramble. Um, so he, he made a video about the incident. And as of today, his own post of this incident got 21,000 shares, 46,000 comments. And that's not even counting the number of people who copied his video, reposted it. Um, you know, it was a trending topic on Twitter, like millions and millions of views total. So I'll offer a recap of, of what happened before he started filming. Christian said that he saw a dog kind of ripping through the plants in, in the ramble. And this is against the rules of the park. Um, you're not supposed to let your dog just run around. It has to be leashed, um, which I think is just proper etiquette if you're anywhere but a dog park. Um, but especially, you know, there's signs saying you can't just let your dog run around. So um, I'm going to get into character. I will add the disclaimer. This is my own dramatic interpretation of the event. Um, but don't worry. You're getting a true professional here. I took theater arts one and two in high school. <laughs> and I also dropped out of the speech team. So, um, <clears throat> so Christian said, ma'am. Dogs in Ramble have to be on a leash at all times. The sign is right here. Her. The dog runs are closed. He needs exercise. Him. All you have to do is take him to the other side of the drive, outside the Ramble, and you can let him run off the leash all you want. Her. It's too dangerous. Him. Look. If you're going to do what you want, I'm going to do what I want, but you're not going to like it. Her. What's that? Him. Come here, puppy. Her. He won't come to you. Meh. Him. We'll see about that. So at this point, Christian reached into his pocket to pull out some dog treats. He was unfortunately used to people not leashing their dogs, so he kept them with him when he would go out on his walks. So the woman rushed over to grab her dog, screaming, Don't you touch my dog! And Christian had a pretty bad feeling about what was going to happen next. So he took out his iPhone and started to record. So I feel like everyone in America has probably seen this video by now. But in case you're the one person who's been living under a rock for the past, like, year or so, there's a pandemic. We have a new president. Uh, here's a brief review, too, of this whole video thing. Um, so in the video, we see a woman with brown hair tied back into a ponytail. She's got one of those masks, uh, medical masks on, black top, gray sweatshirt, cropped workout leggings, and she's holding her now leash cocker spaniel by the collar. So here's where the recording starts. The woman starts dragging her dog as she pleads with Christian to stop recording. She's maybe about like 10 feet away. Don't quote me on that. I have poor spatial reasoning skills, <laughs> but she's considerably far away. Um, so my thought is if you thought you were actually in danger, you would not 
be walking Approach, towards yeah. the danger. So, you know, she starts getting closer to him. Christian says, please don't come close to me. And when she gets closer, asking him again to stop recording, she's like full on strangling her dog. She then says, I'm calling the cops. Christian says, please call the cops because he knows he didn't do anything wrong. She's the one who's breaking the rules. Um, she says in a very matter-of-factly tone, I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. He says, please tell them whatever you like. So she frantically types 911 on her cell phone while continuing to strangle her dog uh, in the other hand. She says, I'm in Ramble and there's a man, African-American. He has a bike helmet. He is recording me and threatening me and my dog. All the while, her dog is frantically trying to escape her grip, spitting around like a cocker spaniel tornado. There is an African-American man. I am in Central Park, and he is recording me and threatening me and my dog. The dog yelps loudly, presumably from all the strangling going on. Um, she says, I'm sorry, I can't hear you either. I'm being threatened by a man in the ramble. Please send the cops immediately. And the tone she's using is like she's being attacked, but she's not, you know, she's still... Ten, she moved back. She's ten feet away again. Um, you know, she's like frantically like, <gasps> gasping. Um, so there was another... this is an incredible interpretation of this. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I hope I win like an, a podcasting Emmy or whatever. Um, anyway, uh, I think I might have misquoted. So I think she said like uh, at a certain point that she, he was threatening her life. Um, I don't know if I mentioned that, but. So there was another 911 call that was not shown in the recording, and this was the 911 dispatcher had called her back. Um, and during that call, uh, she said a man tried to assault her. So, like, no, didn't happen. Uh, the police showed up. She confessed. She had lied. Christian did not assault her. He didn't even try to touch her, didn't say anything to her. He just tried to, like, give her dog a treat. Um, so the woman, whose name has been you know, become synonymous with being a Karen was Amy Cooper. Um, important to note that her and Christian Cooper share no relation, but they have the same last name. So they were both interviewed by CNN after the incident. And Christian said birders like to go to this location to see the ground dwelling birds, um, which is possible when there's not, you know, a ton of doggos running around in the wild. And additionally, having a bunch of dogs running through and, like, peeing and pooping everywhere is not great for the plants. There's, you know, a lot of time and money that goes into maintaining the ramble, another reason why it's a leash area only. While Amy said Christian came at her screaming, he argues he was actually very calm. And Amy said she didn't know it was against the rules to let your dog run around, which I feel like is just I feel like it it's just common sense unless you see signs saying like it's okay for your dogs to run around and in, unless something's an identified dog park I would not just also like my dogs are crazy and they run away and like so if I brought them anywhere and let them off a leash I would never see them again yeah I've never um, taken Ollie out without a leash um also Ollie is so dramatic that like if I even slightly like tugged his leash he would yelp and yelp and scream and scream because he is like a little diva so. <laughs> that's funny um but no this reminds me so i was um i have um 
a, a place to run right outside of, of where I live and it's you know leashes only there's a bunch of signs everywhere and so there's one day I was running and this dog just comes like running at me um and like I love dogs I think dogs are great I don't like strange dogs because I don't know if this dog's well trained I don't know this dog's temperament I don't want a strange dog just coming and running at me Agreed. and this because this woman had just like let her dog off the leash she was like oh my god I'm so sorry and like I was really proud of myself I should have been I should have said like you need to leash your dog but I just can't bring myself but I rolled my eyes mm-hmm. and I kept walking <laughs> and that was I wasn't like oh it's okay I just rolled my eyes that's like the most like saltiness I could muster but I'm like I and you don't you don't know me even if your dog's the most well-behaved dog on the planet like what if I was really scared of dogs and you just like let your giant dog run towards me like I don't know it's just I feel like there's etiquette when you're a dog owner to not to just like keep a dog at a freaking unless you're at the dog park I had this um, um, super random. I had this like one incident and I try very hard. Like I keep Ollie away from people when I walk him. Um, but there is this one r- time not long ago that was like completely unavoidable. But the woman seemed to like, like as she was walking towards, she's like, oh my God, so cute, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I am like trying to like, you know, clean up after my dog. And mm-hmm. so like his like I don't have his leash like wrapped up around my hand and like him close to me right Mm -hmm. now um and Ollie like she walks past and Ollie (laughs) Ollie like jumped and like stuck his face in her butt crack (laughs) and I was like oh my god oh my god I'm so sorry I'm like freaking out um and I was also like on a work call like on my phone (laughs) And I accidentally hit, like, un- like took mute off as I'm freaking out. It was, like, such a cluster. Oh, my God. She was like, oh, she was like, it's so, it's okay. He's cute. And I was like, okay. See, it would be one thing. I think this incident, if he said, your dog needs to be on a leash. And she said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Put her dog on a leash. Nothing would have happened. If you're apologetic about it, I think, because, like, our dogs are complete crazies like when they're on walks they're so excited Mm -hmm. they like yank their leash so we go out of our way like if there's a dog crossing on the like sidewalk we walk to the other side of the street because they just get like because they're like pulling at their collar they get so excited because they just want to play with the dog but Mm -hmm. it's like well that other dog doesn't know it yeah um so there's just like yeah just be polite as a dog owner and like all dogs are different you don't know how your dog's going to react and like your dog could even have like a bad day and Mm -hmm. pull Travis. So, um, just keep your dogs on a leash when they need to be. Um, but so Christian had said, you know, I'm going to do what I want. If you're going to do what you want, Amy said, I didn't know what that meant when you're alone in a wooded area. That's absolutely terrifying. Right. Christian, you know, kept these treats in his back pocket because when, people like are refusing to put their dog on a leash they often don't want their dog eating strangers food so they'll put them on a leash right away Mm. which like I feel like you are not concerned about your dog's dietary restrictions if you're letting them run around without a leash because dogs will eat anything off the ground (laughs) like if you're really that concerned about a stranger giving your dog a treat then I don't know uh maybe put your dog like 
my friend tells me about how her dog eats like gum and garbage off the street on a regular basis and like that's with a leash on like she has to keep the dog on the leash so she could be pulling the stuff out of its mouth yeah um, like ollie would probably eat like poop if i like was not keeping a watchful eye and a close like or tight grip on his leash so exactly exactly so justice was served quickly by the public the day after the video was posted amy cooper was fired from her job at the investment firm franklin templeton they posted on twitter following the internal review of the incident in central park yesterday we have made the decision to terminate the employee involved effective immediately we do not tolerate racism of any kind at franklin templeton so the manhattan district attorney decided to move forward with charging amy with filing a false police report The decision was met with praise from many people. Mayor Bill de Blasio said on Twitter, her racist behavior could have had dire consequences for a black man. Glad she'll face consequences of her own. Gloria J. Brown Marshall, a a professor of constitutional law at the John Jay College of Criminal Justice said to the Times, if police had believed she was being attacked, or if she was really being attacked, they could have come in with guns drawn, and she would have been the only witness in this, outside of that video um, that may or may not have surfaced. This isn't about Christian Cooper. The community has been harmed by the actions of Amy Cooper, and in order to rectify this, then the people of New York need to have their day in court. So there's a long history of white people calling the police and or falsely accusing a black person of of committing a crime. So in April of 2018, a white woman called police on two black men in a Starbucks in Philadelphia. The two men, Rayshawn Nelson and Dante Robinson, had been waiting to meet with a local real estate developer, Andrew Yaff. Melissa DePino took a video of the entire incident reporting, you know, they weren't doing anything. They were just sitting there. It was an employee who called the police to report a crime of waiting while being black, question mark. (laughs) To which I'm like, okay, so in my suburb, uh, we had like a little plaza, I guess you would call it. So there was like Starbucks, there was like a movie theater, Panera. So our parents, when we were young, would like drop us off there as like teenagers and like We'd get, like, mac and cheese and a bread bowl and, like, see a movie. And then, like, the gangs of little teenagers running around. Like, God, Mm. ew. Like, I would never go back there. Um, But, like, so, like, there was a Starbucks there. And, like, you'd go get your Frappuccinos or, like, just go cause, like, a general ruckus. And not once were the cops ever called on us. So, like, and I'm sure that we were being more disruptive. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Brennan Walker. A uh, 14-year-old boy from Rochester Hills, Michigan, was trying to walk to school one day. His mom had taken his phone away. He'd gotten lost on his way to school. And if you're a kid in a strange neighborhood without a phone, what do you assume the safe thing is to do? Knock on a neighbor's door and ask for directions. Um, so the woman assumed this child must be trying to break into her house, the woman of the home. And a white man, Jeffrey Ziegler, came down with his gun. Brennan was terrified quite literally had to make a run for his life and he heard a gunshot while he was escaping knowing it was intended to to kill him which is extremely horrifying i remember i remember as a kid like they would tell us go like if you're out and someone's following you or like there's a stranger go knock on someone's door and like tell them that someone's following you um so you know like 
a child is knocking on your door. What, like, what is your problem? Um, yeah. 2014, a 19-year-old woman named Renisha McBride, which I feel like woman is being generous, like 19, you're still a kid in my eyes. She got into a car accident. Uh, Theodore Wafer said he feared for his life when he heard a loud banging on his door early in the morning. And, you know, Renisha wasn't perfect. Okay, she'd been drinking, which is what led to the accident. But she didn't deserve to die for knocking on someone's door and asking for help. Uh, 2013, Jonathan Farrell, a former college football player, was 24 at the time, got into a car accident outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, 2.30 in the morning. Um, He had to kick out the back of his windshield to even get out of his car. And he went to a nearby home to ask for help and... You know, I get it. That's scary, having someone knocking on your door at 2 in the morning. Um, So the woman, Sarah McCartney, who is home with her infant son, she called the police, which honestly I feel like would be the same thing that I would have done. I wouldn't answer my door at 2 in the morning. Um, But I would expect, you know, the police just to come by and make sure everything's okay. Um, Officer, Officer Carrick, and a few other police officers arrived. Um, police officers arrived. Jonathan saw the cops and he started to run, probably because he was afraid of exactly what happened next. They tased him, yelled at him to get on the ground, and dozens of shots rang out. And the dashboard cam video depicting the entire incident was 34 seconds long. Jesus. So let's not forget Permit Patty, a.k.a. Ellison Edel, who called the cops on a little girl who happened to be black while selling water on the street. Um, After she made the call, she tried to hide being on camera and lied about making the call in the first place, which, like, I had lemonade stands growing up all the time as a kid. So did my little siblings. So did kids all the time. Um, Why you gotta call the cops on a child trying to uh, make a hustle? That's annoying. Um, so Amy's call in particular reminded a lot of people about Emmett Till, one of the most famous cases of a white woman lying about the actions of a black person. In 1955, Emmett's mom let him visit his relatives in Mississippi. Emmett was from Chicago, and there was definitely racism in the city at the time, but his mom knew it was going to be a lot different in the South. Carolyn Bryant Dunham lied and told people that Emmett whistled at her and was acting inappropriately. Emmett was kidnapped from his home and was tortured, brutally murdered. Carolyn didn't admit she was lying until 52 years later, and she told a lie to make sure her husband and his co-conspirator who committed the crime weren't found guilty of murder. Even after they got divorced, Carolyn kept the secret. She had a comfortable life, raised her kids, and finally, decades later, she told the truth. She was never held accountable for her lie and the damage she caused. Yeah, I... I I hate to like be like oh white women blah 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 but the especially when it comes to white women dealing with people of color it like there's just such a like potent history of white women lying and unfortunately mm-hmm. I think a lot of us um, I know especially black women um, I think a lot of times end up be becoming victims of white woman tears, um, mm-hmm. or just white women like victim or yeah, um, kind of victimizing themselves against us, and because of that, like they're more believable. Or um, I think um, there's also I think it's like 
is it maybe the racist gendered theory? I forgot. But, like, just this, like, belief that black people, especially black women, like, we feel things differently. Like, we're not as sensitive to pain, thus, like, Mm -hmm. not as sensitive to, like, emotions. And because of that, like, white women are seen as, like, more frail and more believable in this, that, and the third. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, like, highly unfortunate. I remember in elementary not elementary school in middle school i would go to like aftercare just to kind of hang out with my friends and stuff and we were hanging out at like those handball courts Mm -hmm. and so me and my friends were mostly like black and um hispanic and there's maybe like five or six of us just kind of sitting in the handball court just girls like we're just chatting and mm-hmm. for some reason, the, like, people in the handball court next to us, they were, like, mostly white. Like, one of the girls, like, just, like, she just started, like, bossing us around. And mm-hmm. she was, like, a seventh grader. I was an eighth grader. So I'm, like, Ugh. And so all I said to her was, can you please leave us alone? Stop talking to us. And she kind of kept, like, mouthing off. And I'm, like, no, seriously, leave us alone. Um, and she wouldn't. And so we walked away. And then um, by the end of aftercare, I was um, like banned from the program because she went to the um, like one of the aftercare like supervisors and she was just crying. She's like, that girl over there was mean to me. And um, even though I also, like, being accused of something I didn't do, was also crying and saying, I literally have no idea what you're talking about. I didn't do this. She was the Mm -hmm. one who was, like, being mean to us. And my friends, again, also primarily black, were, like, standing in my defense. They're like, yeah, no, Natalie didn't do anything. Um, mm-hmm. The word of six six black girls uh, was not believed over the word of, like, one white girl. And so part of the reason that I would go to aftercare is because my parents, like, got off of work, like, significantly, like, later than school let out. And mm-hmm. so I ended up, like, having to um, spend the remainder of that year, like, walking to a Wendy's nearby and just, like, waiting there. And I'm sure, like, pretty much every other black person has, like, you know, minor experiences like that to, like, even more severe ones. Um, and I know, like, throughout, like, some of the things that you're saying, you're saying, like, happen to be black. And I know, like, you're not saying it, like, in a, like, like pointed way or anything, but in my opinion all of these cases like are because they are black like you are calling the police on this little girl because she is black and they're because of the adultification of black girls and feeling like they can't be innocent um and then also with uh just the cooper case sorry if i'm going on a diatribe and stealing your case um like the NYPD has such a notorious history of like racism and violence and just you know just treating black people and people of color um like so horribly that like they in particular are a police department that like you basically attempted to murder this man by calling the police and saying he attacked you um Amy Cooper so Mm. Right. That's what I was trying to create with my stories. <laughs> yeah. of, like, I think it can be easy for people to, like, brush off and be like, oh, it's not a big deal. Like, the police would get there and, like, they'd figure it out, you know. But 
no, like, this is not, there are cases where this didn't happen, and I just listed, you know, a few very briefly, but there's, there's much more, and especially, right, the, the historical kind of implications of, you know, making this call, and, um, you know, this very easily could have been a threat on his life, it very easily could not have, have ended this way, um, and yeah, to, to your point of being a kid, and, you know, being constantly not believed, and I, can't even imagine you know the the shame you would feel as a kid and constantly having to at a young age deal with you know racism and try not to take it personal that's why I you know brought up some incidents from from my childhood of things that were just like completely uneventful or like things that you know Mm -hmm. never had the cops called on us for being like rowdy kids never got kicked out of anywhere never um you know and that probably didn't have anything to do with you know my behavior or our behavior or like it just you're allowed you know certain or there were just things that were extended to me that were not extended to you which is just disappointing and it is like it hurts me to like hear these experiences and like know that you like went through that and that I know that that's like not even the only story you have that there's like so many more (laughs) um so I'm like starting to cry right now. I need to like pull myself back. <laughs> okay. Um, since the event, Amy has apologized for her behavior. In her statement, she said, I reacted emotionally and made false assumptions about his intentions when in fact I was the one who was acting inappropriately by not having my dog on a leash. Also by, you know, making a false police report. But um, I am well aware of the pain that misassumptions and insensitive statements about race cause great is she good well aware forgiven you know um i assume it was a lawyer's carefully crafted statement as well um but amy also said you know her life is being destroyed by the media and everyone else who has gotten involved good. to that i say no you destroyed your life by acting like that <laughs> um so christian told cnn he's accepted amy's apology he believed she meant it and he said I'm not sure that in the apology she recognizes that while she might not consider herself a racist, that particular act was definitely racist. Um, He also said he doesn't agree with the amount of backlash Amy is receiving, saying, I find it strange that people who were upset that she tried to bring death by cop down on my head would then turn around and put death threats on her head. Where is the logic in that? Where does that make any kind of sense? Which, like, wow, you are such an incredible person if you can go through all of that and also just be you know I feel like he is extending empathy to this woman who doesn't necessarily deserve it um like so there was a lot of um backlash to his statement and his perspective on that um I personally um I take offense (laughs) um, to some degree of what he said. Obviously, everyone's allowed to have their own opinion, but it's, to me, I feel like he is, like, empathizing with, like, what she may be experiencing, but not, like, identifying or empathizing with, like, the trauma that, like, Black people historically have experienced, but then also, like you made that video and like you or your sister whoever posted it which is like Mm -hmm. like re-traumatization or whatever of 
like us and so Mm -hmm. it's like you brought other people into the narrative and i do believe that people are allowed to have whatever feeling it is um like that they want to that video um Mm -hmm. especially black people in this case um and it just it like just really rubbed me the wrong way that it felt like he was like standing in defense of this person and again he has his right to do that but I do think it's important to understand and like contextualize like why are black people having this reaction reaction in defense uh-huh. of you? <laughs> um, right. So. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, death threats is maybe where I yeah. would draw the line of like, you know, eye for an eye. Um, I will. I have one more little paragraph to, to throw in about this. But in a New York Times article published on July 7th, 2020, Christian shared he's not taking part in the Manhattan DA investigation. He acknowledged that she's lost her job. Her face has been plastered all over social media. And he stated bringing her more misery just seems like piling on. He also would say to the Washington Post, uh, I think it's a mistake to focus on this one individual. The important thing the incident highlights is the long-standing, deep-seated racial bias against us black and brown folk that permeates the United States. Um, so I don't know if that helps at all. Mm. But I, I think it's a good point of, like, you know, we can put all of our energy into this one woman, but why don't we take that energy, too, and, like, spread it out between working on addressing the bias altogether? And I understand like what he's saying like from a rational perspective but at the same time still from a rational perspective like I still like I I still take offense to it I still because I believe like you're asking for grace and for mercy like to this person but like why should they not be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law just because she lost her job like mm-hmm. at the end of the day the one of the reasons that we have crimes or sorry one of the reasons that we have like laws and jail and things like that is to deter other people from behaving that way and so mm-hmm. if you're saying hmm, you can like be you know racist and like you know call the police on somebody knowing very well that the, the or choosing to not know in my opinion because i do believe especially since trayvon martin it is a choice for you not to understand um mm-hmm. like i think that oh because she lost her job it's a lesson learned i disagree i feel like when you behave poorly yeah like you should have like whatever you know like interpersonal um consequences but Mm -hmm. in this case like why should you not have legal ramifications for doing something that is illegal Um, right and not not every case going forward what if there was no video what if mm -hmm. there was you know not as much media attention i think there's going to be so many more cases that don't have the video don't have the media attention where you know it's it's important to be consistent and like show people that you know because in a case someone might not actually lose their job if there's no like video Mm -hmm. of them doing it or um you know you're you're right it's important to like keep it consistent and like at the end of the day there's a privilege that comes with being white there's a privilege that comes with being a white woman like she's gonna get another job like she's gonna be fine Mm -hmm. like by you know give it like six more months no one's gonna be bothered by her she could change her last name she could do whatever like Mm -hmm. she will be fine and any other white woman who behaves that way and only loses their job or gets a slap on the wrist, they will be fine. 
-hmm. but I think you know giving like a more serious consequence to it and like making it like a high profile thing is part of what teaches people the severity of like this crime and this behavior poor dog by the way poor dog I was just gonna get to that so the internet got to work and found the rescue where Amy adopted the dog abandoned angels cocker spaniel rescue after enough people reached out complaining about the treatment of the animal the pup was taken back into their custody the dog was evaluated by the veterinarian who found the dog to be in good health which I guess if a dog's not being actively strangled you know might appear to be in good health uh but gosh the dog in the video that is terrible um so just my opinion you know I don't know if she deserved to get her dog back, but the NYC law enforcement agencies declined to take the dog into custody, so they returned the dog back to Amy. Boo. Um, the most updated information I could find uh, about the case is that the Manhattan District Attorney, Cy Vance Jr., filed charges against Amy in the New York City or New York County Criminal Court in October of 2020. She was charged with false reporting an incident. Uh, in the third degree, which is a class A misdemeanor. So these are allegations. The defendant is presumed innocent uh, unless and until proven guilty. And that's the story of Amy Cooper. Choking her dog and being, that was, and being a racist. It's sad that that's like not even the worst part about the video <laughs> is that you were strangling your dog. Um, Seriously. Yeah. So, fun one. Um, I... <laughs> I hope that, you know, that good things can come out of it, that it's, you know, bringing attention to these situations and showing, you know, I feel like, like you were saying, there's kind of like a history of white women being believed over black person if they're in an incident. So like showing that, you know, white women aren't always honest or yeah, aren't always honest, aren't, you know, don't always have good intentions. Um, not great. Mm-hmm. Come on, my people, get your stuff together. Uh- our music is the track Wasteland by Joseph McDade. His Patreon and our podcast sources will be linked in the podcast description below. Any mistakes are entirely our own, so check out our wonderful sources for the most accurate information about these cases. We talk about some tough subject matter on our show. If you or someone you love is in need of support, please reach out to the Crisis Text Line by texting HOME to 741741. They are available 24-7 and will connect you with a trained crisis counselor. You can also reach the National Domestic Violence Hotline by calling 1-800-799-7233. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Join us next week for another episode of Pink Collar, a true crime podcast.